Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Katie. And we're the founders of the Best Life Moms Club and hosts of That Pregnancy Podcast. We are two moms with a bunch of kids under the age of three. Five to be exact. And we know firsthand how hard it is to be a mom. So we're talking about all the topics that no one ever talked to us about. And not only is it hard being a mom, but it can be lonely and isolating, which is another reason why we're here to help moms like you know that you're not alone. Now, it's important to know that we are not doctors or medical professionals in any way. So always talk to your doctor or healthcare provider with any questions or concerns about your health or the health of your baby. We are moms sharing our lived experience and talking about all things pregnancy and life as a mom. So let's have a chat. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. This week, we are doing an episode that was suggested by one of our male listeners, Daddy-to-be Mark. And he suggested that we do an episode about preparing the house. And so that's what we've done. This week, we are talking about how you can help prepare your house for your baby so that it is safe, convenient, and easily accessible for you and your baby. Now with this episode, we have yet another fabulous free download checklist to help you prepare and look at the talking points that we have for you today. Okay, so let's just get started. Preparing the house. I think that there is three different stages to preparing the house for your baby. So there's the first stage, which is the newborn stage, where you're kind of adding baby stuff to your house. But it's still a an adult house, essentially. It is still an adult house. Yes. So like you and your partner lived in this house together and now you're just kind of adding baby stuff to it. You don't have to completely get rid of all your other stuff just because you're having the baby. So first I would say you kind of start upstairs by preparing a nursery. Yeah. Right. And making sure that the baby has a safe place to sleep and maybe the baby will start off in your bedroom uh, like both of us did with our kids some people have the baby sleep in the nursery right away yeah it's totally preference right but yeah it makes sense to like to have a safe space for where the baby's gonna sleep and that was a really big thing when I had Freya I remember the nurse saying like because she came early like Do you have anything prepared? Do you have somewhere for her to sleep? And I was jokingly like, somebody had once joked like, well, they just need a, like a laundry basket to sleep in. And she was like, no, they don't need a laundry (laughs) basket. They need somewhere to sleep. Do you have somewhere to sleep? And then I did end up getting somewhere to sleep because we didn't have anything yet. But that was one of like the main questions of, even when she wasn't quite ready to come home was, do you have somewhere to have her sleep safely? You want to make sure that whatever your baby's sleeping in, whether it be a crib, a bassinet, a pack and play, a baby box, that uh, you make sure that you're doing the ABCs of safe sleep. And so if you're in our mommy mentorship program, we provide the information on safe sleep for you. But you can always Google it yourself as well. 
The other thing that you're going to need is a feeding station in the kitchen. And this fits for both either breastfeeding or bottle feeding because both you and I, you were the formula feeder, I was the breastfeeder, but we both had quote-unquote feeding stations um, in our kitchen. And I think that's a really important piece is to like look at your space in your kitchen and kind of set up a baby zone where you can have a drying rack for bottles or if you're pumping your pumping equipment that you've sanitized, a sanitizing station, whether you're going to use the bags or you had a sanitizing tray, right? Yeah, it was a microwave microwave tray essentially yeah with a with a lid and you put it in with some water and it's sanitized yeah and i used for my pumping um equipment i used microwave bags because i wasn't using as i didn't have as much equipment to clean as you did (laughs) especially with the twins when i I was doing like all these bottles and breast pump and right when when i was pumping yeah yeah And so like having the drying rack and that there so that you have easy to grab bottles and also like, I still have my baby station set up on the counter. Like we still use it to this day, every day. Freya's four, Finn's two. I throw like their toddler spoons in that one. So it doesn't get mixed in with the, like our adult cutlery, their cups. I still use that every day. Well, and for us, that was an area where no one was allowed to put anything besides baby feeding stuff, right? So it was always clean. It didn't have, like, food wasn't placed on it. It was kept really neat and clean just because there would be, like, bottles that were sanitized already that were ready to go, or there would be soothers or what do you, did you call them soothers? We call yeah. them soothers, but yeah. I think that might be a Canadian thing. I don't know. But like growing up, like my mom calls them doties. I don't know why. Oh, weird. So the pacifiers though, like we would have clean pacifiers so that if one of them fell on the ground or whatever, there were already clean ones that had been sterilized, ready to go. And if you were putting other stuff on that counter, then it compromised how clean everything was. So take that into consideration. Yeah. And you're right. Because when you like, when you say that and I point it out, I'm like, oh yeah, like it totally is just that space where just the kid stuff goes. And I have a green, it's a mixing bowl from a mixing set. And it was all like all the different size bowls were different colors. And I just grabbed one and it's a green bowl and it's only ever been used for like throwing the kids dirty stuff in waiting to get washed and it's still on my counter and it still gets filled every day with stuff. You know, there's so many different drying racks. You can get multi-level ones or I have, I like the boon, those grass ones that looks like, like we had the same one. Yeah. And like the little flowers that you could add for accessories. I got those. I thought they were really cute. I quite like them. The kids sometimes now ask to play with the flowers as toys, like when they run around the house. They won't be able to do that come M3 because we'll be using that with like soothers and hopefully pumping material again, or I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, can't let them play with the flowers for too long. No, but you definitely need a a feeding station in your kitchen. Absolutely. Um, The next thing we have is... Uh, a laundry basket. 
where you do a lot of your living. So whether you're going to keep one in the living room or in the kitchen, I know right now I still keep one in the kitchen, even though my kids are older, but they spill stuff all over themselves all the time. So everything just goes in the laundry basket and then it goes it goes upstairs in the laundry at night when we go to bed and you do the same thing. Yeah. I don't use a full laundry basket. I just have like a little, it was not even like a decorative basket. It wasn't a full laundry basket. I know. I remember you having a full laundry basket downstairs, but ours was just a little one. And it was uh, kind of in between our living room and our kitchen and any, um, because both, both my kids had, horrible, horrible reflux. And like, actually all our, all of ours did. Yeah. I think Caroline Caroline, is the only one that didn't really a little bit, but yeah, yeah, the boys definitely did. Boys definitely did. I remember that. And like, but both mine had really bad reflux. So like we were going through cloths and blankets like crazy because they would just like projectile vomit. So we would just, as soon as like it was soiled, it just went into the laundry bin so that it was in a central location When it started to get full, I would add it to the rest of our laundry and it was just easier to keep it contained. And it was a little like for sanity's sake of like, okay, I don't have soiled blankets all over the house. Like they're just in one location and they're contained. I also, I don't know, did Jagger ever do this? But Phoenix, when she was alive and the kids were young, she would, um, she quite enjoyed breast milk. (laughs) So yeah. Um, it was nice to be able to not have her, you know, chewing or, or licking a gross, dirty, dirty cloth. Jagger would go after the cloths too. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have a dog, that is maybe something that is worth thinking about is like where to put that. And then another piece for me that I had, um, and I tell this to like everyone and I is wherever you're going to do most of your living, especially in the newborn phase, have like a station where like you have a phone charger, you have um, water, you have, I know I always say it, but snacks, <laughs> like you make fun of me for snacks, but like, you're, you're the snacker. I'm not a snacker, but you know what? I'm really not a big snacker either, but when I was sitting down and I was going to feed, that was really one of the times that I was like, I can actually eat something and like have actually sit down and eat. So like I would have popcorn, popcorn is my go-to, but having that within arm's reach along with a basket full of cloths and burp cloths was really important for where, wherever I was sitting. So like for me, it was in my living room on the couch beside we had everything set up on a coffee table in the corner. So we had like a container full of cloths for when we were burping and a thing of wipes just in case we needed to clean up something really mucky. And, but I think that within quick arms reach of where you are and then a phone charger, cause you know, you sit down and you're going to have your phone. It's good to just kind of plug it in. You never have that moment of like, Oh, where's your phone or yeah. I'm running out of battery. Yeah. So you could do that either in your kitchen, have a station like that, or you could do it in your living room. The other thing you are going to need is this is kind of like your baby zone. At least it was for us. So you're going to have like a diaper station. So both of us had a diaper station in our living space. Yeah, we did. Um, I actually bought 
a stored ottoman when the kids were born, two of them, to make kind of like a coffee table. <laughs> and I kept all my diapers and wipes and stuff in the stored ottoman. And it was just kind of out of sight, out of mind. And then when the, the boys started to walk, they didn't bonk their heads on a coffee table. So they're kind of falling apart now that the boys are four and Caroline's two. So I think we might not get that much more out of them, but they uh, definitely served a purpose and they were awesome at the time. They've, they've lived their life of what you paid for them. Like, Oh yeah. 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 They totally, they were worth every penny. They were on sale clearance. They're perfect. Um, but yeah, diaper, a diaper area for sure. And then the other thing you're going to want is, uh, you kind of touched on this, but like an area that you have like clean receiving blankets, burp cloths. I know for us, Keith bought the ugly green microfiber cloths that you clean your car with. He bought a bunch of those and those were our uh, burp cloths because they were more absorbent. <laughs> especially with Porter who would puke everywhere uh, than a normal burp cloth. And they were a lot cheaper too. I will say that they, they were absorbent. I hated the way they felt on my hands though, when I would use them, they were not comfortable. They didn't bug me, but like, yeah, I could understand how some people wouldn't necessarily like them. I don't like the feeling of microfiber like to begin with. So that's, that was what it was. I just had like baby washcloths. We had gotten a ton of them from as gifts. Like we had so many and uh, so we just used those. And then obviously I had to use those for burping. Yeah. So what we did, this, so with the reflex, we, I had, um, I would put a washcloth in the palm of my hand because we burp, you're kind of cradling their, their jaw. Yeah. That's what we did head too. And supporting their chest with your forearm. And so like I, we would have the burp cloth, the cloth like right at the mouth to catch like a like a baseball mitt and then we would put a receiving blanket over your lap to kind of catch the peripheral spray oh that's um, funny yeah, yeah we did the same thing with the microfiber fiber cloths around the the chin area to catch everything but we didn't have anything in the lap both of them would like there would be the initial but then it would also clear like it would overflow because there was so much fray especially uh, of her of her um, spit up or vomit that we needed an overflow catch. <laughs> huh, that's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So, but those sometimes you could make it through a a burping without getting the the blanket dirty. So you could keep the blanket, but you just get rid of the cloth. And we would go through a few cloths per burp. Yeah, I was gonna say every time I fed the kids, whatever, whatever cloth we were using was gone like it had to go into the laundry basket right like yeah. it was just there would be something on it so uh so the other thing you're going to need in your living room is you're going to need probably your chairs and play mats it's good to have like one of the little chairs that you can set your baby in and strap them into in case you need to grab something so they're in a safe place and go to the play- bathroom yeah, go to the bathroom. Yep. Uh, play mats are good uh, for doing tummy time and stuff, even as a newborn, right? Like you can still put your baby on the mat and play with it. So those are things that you'll need right away. And then at some point, like 
when they're like, I think it's four months, you can get like your jumper or your extra saucer out and then that would go in your living space. And you're, you're kind of going to add to it as they get older. At least that's what happened with us. And like, I, we, I should point out like this with the chair, you know, a swing too, if you're interested in a swing, like we're not talking about the setup and like what accessories and yeah. Mm -hmm. So having the swing or, you know, that stuff so that you can put the baby down. I also, for Freya, we had our pack and play Mm -hmm. in our living room so that we could just, I could put her down for a bit if she was sleeping and I could go do something and she was had somewhere to sleep um, where she was flat. So we also had a pack and play so that, and that pack and play doubled as a changing station for us. Oh yeah. Cause depending on accessories you have on the pack and play. Yeah. It was one that you could just flip the bassinet over mm-hmm. it. You pressed a button and the mattress flipped and it went from like more firm and flat, I guess for a change table. And then, flipped it over and then it was a, a inclined bassinet. Actually, that is a good point. Having a, like a safe area for your baby to sleep. Like if you have a two story and you want your baby to sleep on the main floor while you're in the kitchen doing something or, or sleeping on the couch, right? Yep. Like that's good because I always had the boys sleep on the main floor. But they had baby think, boxes. So you would just put yeah. the baby box down. Yeah, I, yeah, because I had a coast, like I had a, I had her, her bed upstairs and then I had the pack and play downstairs for Freya and that's where she slept. Yeah. But having a, a good safe sleep area on your main floor, if you're going to do something like that, also a good tip. Yeah. Right. So then after you're kind of done the, the newborn stage, this is when you're going to start to get rid of some of your, your adult stuff, right? Uh, You're going to go into the crawling stage. So then anything that's low and down to the ground that they could get into, you're going to have to get kind of get rid of. So if you've got like a bookshelf, um, you might want to like empty the bookshelf, anything that they can reach. Same with like the television stand, get rid of anything they can reach, right? Yeah. Or Uh, that they, because they're going to start pulling and grabbing, right. It's that developmental piece and the, the gross motor piece of grabbing and the pincers that they're going to start developing. And once they start grabbing things, like everything is fair game. Yeah. So you almost have to get on the floor and figure out what they can reach, like get down. (laughs) Cause there's things that like, you don't think that they will be able to reach that they can reach. It's also when you're going to like put the plugs in the receptacles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's a good um, point. I, and I think for me, this is when the floor tiles, those foam floor tiles come out. Not so much for me in the newborn stage. Cause like we would do tummy time on a table or on my chest, like pretty fair, pretty much anywhere. But the foam tiles, this is where they came because we would be more, we would be doing more on the floor and wanting a little bit more cushion there. Yeah. It was the same for us because as they start to crawl and stuff, that's when like they're, they're going to bonk their head and stuff. So you kind of need that kind of cushy spot where they can play. And if they fall, it's not a big deal. The other thing that we had with the boys, keep in mind I had two babies was we had a pen and (laughs) my little baby jail. The baby jail. I actually bought the same baby jail as you. 
Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so basically in my living room, a corner of my living room was completely fenced in and it had the foam floor tiles and some of their toys. And I could put the boys in there and they could kind of roll around and crawl around. And I know I've got pictures of like Freya and some of their other little friends in the little baby pen with them. And it was a safe place for them to play right and for me to like watch them but not necessarily have to be in there with them yeah and it, it was great because once they start like rolling over and that's their first like foray into mobility they can start rolling and just go and once they get the momentum just keep going so at least they would have a contained space it was when we would come over for like play dates at your place it was great to just like plop them in there and you know that they were fine. And if, if you, again, I bring up a dog, like if you have a, a larger dog that you're concerned about knocking over the baby, like it separates them just to like not get knocked over at all because some bigger dogs, they don't realize how big their tails are. And as they're walking by and wagging, you get hit in the face, like even yeah. as an adult. Right. So it's nice to have the baby cage that you got, that you had was great. Yours was out all the time. We used it at the cottage on the deck to contain them. We uh, we really liked it. We also had uh, one of those summer infant, the big domes, and it had like a canopy and everything. And so that I could take that outside and I could also take it to other people's places and then they'd have like a safe place to roll around. I actually loved it and we used it for Caroline too. And with Caroline, I would actually set it up in my kitchen because the boys would be playing in the living room and she'd still want to roll around. And so I'd, I set it up in my kitchen so that she could kind of roll around on the floor while I was cooking. And not have be run over by her brothers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I couldn't leave her in the room with her brothers and she didn't want to sit in the, the chair and watch me, like her high chair. She'd just cry. So yeah. I ended up doing that with uh, her but those were the summer infant domes were amazing for like travel and and going outside. The other thing you're going to need in like kind of that crawling stage is you're going to need to put up your baby gates. Yeah. Right, especially if you have like stairs going downstairs because they're going to start to get more mobile and they'll be rolling and stuff. Yeah, that's when the baby gates need to go up. You don't need the baby gates up when they're newborns, but you do need them once they start crawling and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I wholeheartedly agree and like you know once they're up you're going to use them for years like I still use our baby gates at the top of our stairs not that because the kids can't do the stairs they do them fine it's great it's so that if we're upstairs one of them doesn't sneak downstairs like and not if I'm putting laundry away or you know we're doing whatever or we're getting ready to go to daycare in in the morning and uh I close the gate. So at least I know they're running between bedrooms and not going downstairs and playing with their own toys and sneaking away. So you're going to use them for a really long time. And it's, those are really, really crucial. They are. Yeah. And like for us, where our bedroom is compared to where the boys bedroom is, I'm always afraid they're going to fall down the stairs in the middle of the night if they have a bad dream or they want to come see me in the middle of the night because their bedroom and it's their bedroom then stairs and then they have to go down the hallway to get to our room so yeah depending on the configuration of your house like I don't know when I'll get rid of them because I'm just afraid that they would sleepily accidentally fall down the stairs never a sound you want to wake up to 
No, and you want to know what? I actually know a friend of mine has kind of a similar layout and her son would have been five or six and she actually put a gate on their stairs for the same reason. She was afraid that he'd wake up and be a little bit disoriented and like fall down the stairs. So yeah, you think these weird kind of thoughts when you're a mom and you're always kind of thinking ahead as to how to keep your kids safe, right? So safety first. Uh, One thing we have are like foam, not just foam corners. I was able to find like a whole foam kit for our coffee table. So it just sticks on the edge of the coffee table. And that has been really, really helpful just to stop that, that sharp kind of hard edge of falling, especially because once they start standing and they start cruising, they're going to grab onto anything and they lose their balance. They fall. And there have been a number of times that Finn has fallen and hit his head on the count on the uh, coffee table. And thank goodness that there is a little bit of foam to cushion that blow because <laughs> that boy gets hurt all the time. The, the foam around like corners and it doesn't look great, but it is what it is. Like your house, if, once, once you have a cruising mobile baby, your house probably wherever you're, you're spending most of your time is probably not going to look as nice and adulty as you want it to look. So the corners, the edges, the foam kind of protectors are really, really good. And I think they are totally worth it. Because your kid is going to crash into the coffee table at some point. 100%. Multiple times. Yes. So, Like we have one corner, one corner has been ripped off and we don't have it anymore. So we have like three corners are covered and three, almost all four edges are covered. And there's this one corner and a little bit past consistently. That's where Finn gets hurt. Of course. He consistently hits himself with that spot that we don't have foam on it. So I like leave leave it to him to find the one spot that isn't protected. Right. A hundred percent. This boy is just so accident prone. Oh my goodness. He is giving me gray hair. So yeah, for the walking stage, that's when you're going to start to need to put the locks on the doors. Well, like there's, um, there's different styles, right. Depending on what type of handles you have on cupboards and stuff. So, um, cause we have a, we have those ones that are kind of, a long U shape with a lock. Yes, that that's what we in. have. Yeah. So we have a bunch of those because those are really good for like cupboards that have enclosed handles. They also work on knobs. My parents have knobs. And uh, so I bought a cheap pack from Amazon and you can actually put them so that they go around the knob. Really? Yeah, they actually do work on knobs. Not as well as when you put it through because when, once they got a little bit older, they figured out how to take it off. Yeah. But when they're really little, yeah, they it will actually work on on knobs if you need to. Well, that's good to know. And like yeah. for but for sure, like you can buy a, a kit of the like the cupboard and door locks and they are needed. But like you need yes. them in the bathroom, you need them in the kitchen. Those are probably the two biggest places that you will have to put them in because of lower cabinetry that you quite often, people quite often store like cleaning supplies, medicine in a bathroom, like any type of that stuff, you want to have that contained. 
and locked. Yeah. And like, if you have like some television stands have cabinets, so like, yep. You could lock that up. Um, we have like a bookshelf that has like cabinets at the bottom. I had to put locks on that. So you're just going to have to look around at anything that they can open that you don't want them to open. You're going to have to put a lock on. You know what? In our kitchen, because Freya was, you know, every kid gets super interested in cupboard doors because you can, they can close them. They make noise. Like there's movement. It's just a developmental thing that they do that they like. It's just like the skill, new skill for them. What I actually ended up doing was emptying out one of our lower cabinets or lower cupboards and I emptied it out. I took the shelving out of it. So I made it her hidey hole. So in the kitchen, it was empty. She could put her toys in. She could climb in and close the door while it was in the kitchen and play in there. And like, even now they go in and play in the hidey hole. (laughs) So if you have a space, like if you can afford the space to have an empty cupboard, like a lower cupboard, it gives them their space and Freya and Finn love it. They take a flashlight in and they play and it's not a big one. Like they both get folded in and their knees are up in their chest and everything. But yeah, I know exactly where it is. Yeah, right beside the fridge. It's I, great. I don't know how two of them fit in there though. They do. Yeah, and like, and like once they start walking, like once they started walking, like they throw toys in there and Finn will, like now Finn will be at, like asking for, you know, a bunny or like one of the, one of the toys or a stuffed animal and he'll go to all his little hidey holes and like he'll open the cupboard and see if it's in there. And our microwave stand, we emptied out our microwave stand. And so he opens up the cupboard because there's always babies on the shelves in there covered in blankets. Like, so and this is what your house will look like once your kids start walking and stuff. You will find stuff absolutely everywhere. You'll be shocked at some of the stuff you find. You're going to lose stuff and you'll be looking for it for weeks and then it'll be in the most random spot. Like my Caroline went to my parents' house and they've got this Bose um, sound system and it's got a remote and we still don't know where the road is she put it somewhere and we're still looking for it and every now and then my dad my dad says to her caroline where's the remote and she just kind of like shrugs her shoulders i don't know that's so funny so on the week like this past weekend peter was up at the cottage doing because he's doing bathroom renovations and i had the kids monitors on our bedside tables plugged in <laughs> and after i talked i had talked to peter i was like on Saturday, I was like, I have no idea where Freya's monitor is. Like, I can't find it anywhere. I left it on your, on his bedside table. And I was like, I don't know where it is. Like, I guess I'm, uh, you know, we won't, she'll be fine. Like, I know she'll be okay. It's for my own peace of mind. And uh, he texted back and he was like, look in my drawers. And so he, And so sure enough, I opened up his dresser drawers and in like the second one from the bottom was Freya's monitor, um, a fireman, (laughs) and an old McDonald book that plays music in in his pants drawer. Another hidey hole. Yep. 100%. That's funny. Mm -hmm. So other things in the walking stage when you got walkers. So my house is all hardwood floors. And because I had two walkers, I ended up getting some inexpensive carpet just to put down. So if they fell, 
they wouldn't bonk their head on the hardwood floor. They got a little bit more traction on carpet than on hardwood because it's a little more slick. So that was kind of worth the peace of mind and investment for me. And then I ended up throwing them out when the boys got sick and they had a flu bug and they puked all over them. So <laughs> inexpensive when you've got kids. The key, the key word on that is inexpensive. It may yes. not suit it may not suit your decor, but it will meet your needs no. in the moment. Yep. It was end of the roll carpet. It didn't even have an edge. I went to my carpet guy and said, what do you have? And he, he gave me two big pieces of carpet, really cheap. So you have a carpet guy. I have a carpet guy. Yes. I can introduce you to my carpet guy. If you, well, I was in real estate, right? So yes, of course. I actually probably will have to take you up on that. Uh, the other thing we had to do, which uh, was it was on our to-do list anyways, and it just kind of sped things up, was we've got an old house, like our house is from the 1940s, and so in our living room, you had to plug in like lamps and have them on side tables. Well, when the boys started walking, we had to get rid of the side tables and these big heavy lamps. So we need lights in the room. So our options were invest in kind of plug-in lights that would hang on the wall, uh, which we didn't really like the idea of because we could only really plug them in on the one wall because it would be behind the couch, but all the other plugs were exposed. So yeah, it was going to be all on one wall or we put pot lights in the ceiling, which is what we ended up doing because it was always in our plan to do it anyway. So it sped it up, but like you kind of have to look around and see like what can the kid pull on itself. And for us, we're like those, those big lights were going to be disastrous. So it was something that had to go and we had to figure out a solution for them. So once they start walking, like they really can get into mischief. They're going to want to start crawling on things, climbing things. So you kind of have to look around and see what can they, what can they get into? Same with like wall art. I don't know if you had this, but I actually had to take some stuff off the wall because I kept wanting to like grab the pictures. My house was, is really like not overly decorated. We don't have a lot of stuff on the walls because we don't have a lot of wall space. (laughs) So what, was more for me was um, bringing in kind of creating a baby zone, like when they were a walker so that they were kind of entertained and, and the baby cage, but no wall art wasn't a big one. And because my house is newer than yours, obviously we had light fixtures in the ceiling. So the lights weren't an issue. The gates were the biggest piece for us. And then like the little, kind of decor that we had on tape on the coffee table or on a side table all that had to go so yeah your side tables have got to get cleared off then because yeah standing they can they'll grab it right and even something like that I had never even thought of was like coasters so the type of coasters you have we had some really nice um glass coasters that we had and ceramic coasters for like drinks had to get rid of those like get rid of those because um you know it just took Freya one time to reach grab and then throw and one of them broke and shattered so there was ceramic on the so we have um some cork ones actually from uh Kevin and Caitlin's wedding that was their gift their favor so we have a whole bunch of those of oh, our nice. coasters yeah which was actually really great because 
when both of them were teething, they would like pick them up and chew on them. And it was like a soft <laughs> chew. Um, they didn't try to eat them like my kids? No, they did not try and yeah, eat I, them. Freya really liked to chew on when she was teething um, the frames, like the edge frame of the foam tiles. So there was the foam tiles and then there was like yeah. a, an edge that was straight that you could attach. She would pull it off and she liked to chew on those. And she actually ended up choking on one of them. She, between her and the cat, he had been chewing on that because I think it felt really good in like his teeth, kind of like it felt like flesh. That's how I imagine it. But like it was all chewed up. So it was really torn and I hadn't, I hadn't been paying attention and she was chewing on it. Like she was chewing on it and then she started to choke and I flipped her over and I got it out. Frey was a very big choker. Like anytime she ate food when she was starting solids, she choked consistently. So flipping her over and you know, unchoking her was not uncommon. And this massive piece of foam actually came flying out of her mouth. Yeah, the foam tiles is what she liked to chew on. Speaking of choking, I know with the pandemic going on, it's kind of hard to do some of the classes and stuff. And some places might still have online classes. I know um, you and I both took a prenatal course and they actually did some life-saving stuff in the prenatal course but i know st john's ambulance actually has some really good videos on youtube so if uh, you want to check out some life-saving techniques for babies like knowing how to how to dislodge food or anything else that they might be choking on you should definitely watch the uh, st john's ambulance videos because they're really good i think we both would highly highly recommend it like it's just a little bit of peace of mind of trying to be have that little bit of knowledge of what you can do. Yeah, it makes a big difference in a very scary situation. And like I joke, I laugh about Freya, you know, choking on a on a piece of foam, but like in the moment, very, very scary. And like every time she choked on food, it was just like, <gasps> and then flip her over and start the start the dislodging. So yeah, it was, it's scary in the moment. So definitely I would agree that it's a good idea to look into some sort of first aid. Not a, not a hugely intensive, but infant first aid is very different than um, a first aid course because of their size. So you, yeah, hugely different. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything else to add to our list? I think it's a good list. Yeah. I think it's pretty good too. So that's it for this episode. We have a free download on our website, bestlifemomsclub.com. Go there, download it right now, and then you'll have everything we talked about in this episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of That Pregnancy Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for an upcoming show, we would love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Best Life Moms Club. Until next time.